Welcome to the show. This is the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast post-gateway edition. The podcast where me and my co-host Emily talk the NASCAR Cup Series for hours a week, three days a week, and hope somebody will listen I am one of your co-hosts, Samuel Stubbs. I'm not alone, though, tonight. Emily is with me. Emily, you can go ahead and say hello to all the fine folks out there. Hello, fine folks out there. <laughs> I like how literal you always take those. <laughs> it adds it adds an extra level of... Uh, adds an extra level of comedy. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we're here for, the comedy. Th- we are here for the comedy. Here for the laughs, here for the track, here for here for it all. Kyle Busch, speaking of the track, got his third win of the year at Gateway. He has come out of the gates swinging. And it's ironic because on June 4th, 2011, Richard Childress was the one doing the swinging. He was throwing punches at Kyle Busch. And now Kyle Busch is winning for Richard Childress. Um, so, you know, irony is not lost on me, at least. But before we talk the Enjoy Illinois 300, uh, Emily, um, I'll go ahead and let you have the floor first. What is your life update, humor, rhetorical question, uh, any of that? You can go ahead. The floor is yours. If you're still here. There you go. Sometimes I try to think of these things ahead of time, but, uh... I, I didn't today. I am staring at a dinosaur uh, blow-up balloon. Oh, you are. balloon. That's what? Gosh, two and a half weeks old, maybe? It is. Yeah. Those helium right? balloons yeah. lo- uh, last forever. It's, it's losing a little fluff, but it's oh, is not it? started to stink yet. Okay. Yeah, well, those, we had one for my dad's birthday, and we reused it for my birthday a month and a half later. Uh, those things, they stay <laughs> inflated. Yeah, we just reuse it. There was no point in buying another balloon. I mean, really, no point in that. Um, we are, uh, so, so this weekend we're going we're going on a trip. We're going to a theme park. Uh, we have a not-so-flattering name for it pertaining to money. Um, so, Emily, I know this is kind of off the cuff, but, but what are your thoughts on theme parks and money stealing? <laughs> or, I, you know, not little, you know, they don't literally steal money technically, but it feels like it. Um, it feels like it. If, I mean, theme parks in general, you know, they're pricey. It's like sporting yeah, events. The exactly. food itself, you know, is usually nothing special for the most part, but it costs a little a little high mm-hmm. on the price, you know, whereas you could get a drink at a convenience store for $2 <laughs> and it costs you 6 six to $8 at a yep. sporting event or theme park. But, um, I mean, to me, it's a it's a one-day thing, and they, they know that... Um, if you want to buy something, you're just going to pay whatever. Yeah. That said, I respect the theme parks, the one that we're going to, and um, Disney World is the, the same way. Um, <laughs> but, sorry, there's a mosquito. <clears throat> um, got it. And, uh, no, I did not get it. Oh, man, so close. But that let you take food in. Mm-hmm. So that's nice when they let you bring your own food in. That is Because nice. you don't have to buy their $8 water. You can bring your own free water if you want to carry it around. Exactly. That's the thing, you know, too, the, the one thing that probably annoys me more than anything else in the world of, like, consumerism is going to the movies. And I'm not 
literally an old head, but there is something about seeing, there is something like weirdly nostalgic about a time that I never experienced about seeing either someone going to a drive-in movie or somebody going to a movie theater in like the, the 90s or early 2000s when you didn't feel like you had to be like a CIA agent and sneak in your soda from the Dollar Tree or your popcorn from the Dollar Tree, or your array of candy from the Dollar Tree. Um, I remember, Emily, when we went to see Toy Story 4, uh, it was all of us, all the, all the cousins and my sister and all of us, uh, and we got cans of soda out of our grandfather's refrigerator, and we went to the Dollar Tree, we bought some candy, and it was like us and a few other people in the theater, small-town movie theater, and I was so embarrassed when we had to open our soda because you know as opposed to a bottle uh you know when you pop the tab just you know in an echoey theater oh goodness i i was just hoping there wasn't any staff behind us but normally they're pretty chill i mean i've sneaked you know admission to guilt here i've sneaked so much candy and so many dutch or peppers into movie theaters. Now, unfortunately, the, the last movie theater that we went to frequently was in the big city. And it's not that they had security, it's just that there was a lot more people there. And I just, you know, that was going to be a little more risky. But the thing that I did do that I'm not sure if I was allowed to do or not, you know, I always got the giant drink because, you know, they tricked me into believing it's the best value or whatever, you know, 40 ounces of soda for like my left kidney and the soul of my firstborn child so i got a free refill after every movie after i came out of every movie i'm not sure if i was allowed to do that or not but honestly i don't care the way i see it the way i would explain it in front of a judge is that hey they ripped me off enough anyway i'm gonna rip them off i mean it's not like amc is gonna crumble to pieces if i don't pay you know the soul of my firstborn child and my left kidney for a coke Wait, so how um movies did you see uh, no, no, I'm not saying I saw multiple movies. I, I'm saying I went back after the movie and got a free, free, uh, drink oh. refill. No, I did not sneak in the movies. Like no, that. I'm not that smooth of a criminal now. Like no. triple feature. No, don't, no. You would never. No, unlike Michael Jackson, I am not a smooth criminal. That is not my DNA whatsoever. Um, it would have been nice to see, to be one of those people that, you know, like, you know, sneaks into, like, multiple movies, but... That is literally against the rules, you know, uh, sneaking in, you know, sneaking in. Most of those movie theaters I was reading, they don't expressly have rules against doing it. Um, I'm not sure what measures they could take against somebody who is doing it, but I'm just saying. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're actually going to talk about this race because a race did happen. It was won by Kyle Busch. We're going to talk and discuss and break down and recap all the words for it. The Enjoy Illinois 300 at Gateway. Moving on to the results from yesterday's Enjoy Illinois 300, a race sponsored by the uh, uh, the state of Illinois that exists, that everybody touted as a race being held in St. Louis um, at a track with terrible infrastructure apparently because the wi-fi and power went out multiple times yesterday so they need to they need to fix that kyle bush though gets the win he had to hold off kyle larson like five times had to hold off a hard charging denny hanlon on the last restart but by the time we took the white flag the race was over i think he had the best car led 121 laps won the pole got 59 points one stage one he was just on it yesterday kyle bush 
scary good this season, and he's looking like his 2019 championship-level self again. So, Emily, what were your overall thoughts on this race yesterday? What were your thoughts on Kyle Busch already getting his third win of the year, only uh, uh, not even halfway through uh, this season? Well, I didn't want uh, Kyle to win, but he did. Shocking. So, you know. Oh, well. Maybe he'll lose really bad next time. Probably so. We'll see. Maybe so. Uh, what did you think about? What did you think about the overall racing? I know there was there was some chaos. Maybe not your des- desired level of chaos, but there was still some chaos. What did you think of the overall racing? Did you think it was a good race? Um, and yeah, I guess your overall thoughts on the event. Yeah, I mean overall it was really good, and um, it, the you know a fair amount of cautions usually creates a pretty good race because of the restarts and. Um, you know, possible crashes and things like that, but uh, there were some challenges that got to got to see and some good battles, especially up first, second, third, fourth. So that was good. It's good watching. Yeah, I agree. I think the racing yesterday it was better than what I thought it it was going to be. To be quite honest, I mean, Gateway is is a track where it is hard to pass. It's it's probably the most unique track on the schedule. I mean, long straightaways, a mile and a quarter long, that go into those really tight sweeping corners with very little banking. Um, you know, you got to be careful entering those corners, especially turn one so tight, sharp, and narrow. Um, but I thought these drivers did a pretty good job doing that yesterday. Uh, the B plot of this race, or, or I guess maybe the C plot behind the whole Corey LaJoy, Carson Hosevar, Chase Elliott triangle, uh, was the brake rotor failures. There were four of them yesterday. There was a couple last season in this race. Uh, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, Carson Hosevar, and, oh, who was the other one? Uh, shoot. No Gregson, that's who it was. Uh, two Chevys, two Toyotas, no Fords had issues. Both 2311 Toyotas with issues. Uh, what did you think about those brake rotor failures, Emily? You know, what do you think can maybe be done to combat it? Honestly, it's okay if you can't answer that part because I'm not sure I can. Um, but, but do you think there is an answer to, to combat those failing parts? Because it's, it's frustrating to see that. I mean, I think that's part of part of you you know having cars. <laughs> Very true. Is that sometimes sometimes things break, so you know that's not really a. I mean, obviously, if it continues, they need to figure it out, but nothing I'd stress about. Yeah, I don't think it's too big of a deal. Now, if it keeps happening in other tracks, I'd worry a little bit more. Now, if this trend continues and we're five, six years into gateway and there continues to be two, three, four, five, six brake rotor failures a race, then NASCAR needs to step in and say, okay, you know, is it a problem with the rotors? Is it just this track is so unique where, you know, this is just how it is uh, we we i think we need to figure this out on some level denny hamlin in second didn't lead any laps i thought he had a shot at the win late um i thought he should have drove it into turn three a little bit harder than he did um but what were your thoughts on denny's family so close to a win couldn't quite get it but still a, a solid day especially considering all the controversy surrounding him this week um you said about denny mm-hmm. and about what controversy well, well, just, like, I mean, how big it is for him to ha- to have a good finish, have a relatively quiet day after, you know, him being, like, directly involved in, in the controversy this week. I mean, you know, he, 
he kind of tends to be surrounded by that. That's true. Not a new thing for that's kind of, the driver that's of the kind 11. Of his norm. It is. You're right. You're right. Not, not necessarily surprising. Yeah. Joey Logano ends up in third. I circled this race on the calendar for this team. They won the first Gateway Cup race a year ago. Big race for them. 14th in the in the regular season standings coming into this race. The only time they really showed up this year, to me at least, was Atlanta, where they held off Brad Keselowski to win this race, or win that race, rather. Uh, Joey Logano, though, showed the most speed he's shown in a while, and that's big heading into this summer stretch. If they want to be taken seriously as a championship contender, got to get out of the slump that they're in, and, and third is a big help. Kyle Larson in fourth. That was Emily's pick. Only led five laps. Wasn't running very well, but a gutsy pick call from crew chief Cliff Daniels got him up there. Emily, what did you think about Larson's day? Going from trash can to race one contender, mainly based on a pick call, but that is a big day out of Kyle Larson, and it shows that even when this team doesn't have a very good race car, they can still finish well. I mean, he really did a, did a great job, so... I, I was surprised that he made yeah. such big moves. Me too. Because it just wasn't, you know. Yeah, wasn't looking very expected, good. Expected, I guess. It started yeah. this thing, yeah. And Hendrick struggled there last year. They struggled there yesterday too, to be to be quite honest. Um, I was talking earlier about the C plot, uh, and I. I don't know why I completely neglected to mention this in last night's post-race show, but, uh, and, well, actually, we're going to take a quick commercial break, then we're going to talk about Corey LaJoy. All right, at this point, just just call us NASCAR on Fox coverage, because we're bombarding all of commercials at every turn. Uh, but the, the B-plot of this race in the week, really, I think, was Corey LaJoy getting his shot. Now, Corey LaJoy has, has been a... I don't even know a journeyman's the right way to describe it. He has been a driver that has struggled to find a good opportunity. Been bouncing around lower level cup teams. This year with Spire, though, he's had a fantastic year. Uh, pretty fast for that car's standards each and every week. And and 21st in the standings heading into this race with Chase Elliott's suspension. Obviously, it's not how he would want to be in that 9 car. But he was in the 9 car. And... Now, I'm not going to say I expected him to win or run top 5, but I thought he could run top 10, at the worst top 15, and he fell flat on his face. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be nice. I know this is not a good track for Hendrick. Their simulation, apparently, early in the week was awful. But to run until Carson Hosevar blew a brake rotor, or broke a brake rotor, Corey LaJoy was running at least five or six spots behind a guy making his first career start in the in the car that Corey normally drives each and every week while Corey was in a Hendrick car. Again, Hendrick's not good at Gateway. For whatever reason, they're just off there. But 21st, when you have guys like Reddick and Bubba, Dylan, Stenhouse, Briscoe bowing out with mechanical issues... I mean, he, out of the, let's see, out of the 29 cars still running at the end of this race, he was ninth best. That's not a very good feeling. Um, it, it's disappointing. Um, and I'm not going to say this completely sets the future for him or will, you know, just completely hurt his case for a better ride, but it's still got to be disappointing. Emily, what do you make of Corey LaJoy's performance yesterday, and how much do you think it affects the possibility of him maybe getting a better ride in the future? Um, you know, I still don't think that 
he's at the point where he's really showing, um, you know, playoff contender or like he's going to be able to achieve that. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, he's done good this year for the car that he has, but he's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 later this year, I, I believe. I may be wrong on that, but um, I just I, I don't see it in him. And again, I know this one race does not seal his future, seal his fate, but it's so disappointing to see a guy that everybody was harping up and hyping up going into the weekend kind of just fall flat on his face. I mean, he hit the kill switch early in the race on accident. I mean, he shut the engine off on accident. Maybe, I mean, pressure had to be getting to him, had to have some nerves, but still, disappointing day uh, for Corey LaJoy. Moving back up to the top finishers, you have Martin Truex in fifth, Ryan Blaney in sixth, had one of the best cars there all day, finished, uh, or sorry, one stage two, ends up in sixth place, got behind on a pit stop, led 83 laps, just couldn't get back up there. Suarez in seventh, big two race stretch for him going to Sonoma. Of course, we'll talk about this later in the week, but uh, big race for him next weekend at a track where he won at. Barely is in the playoffs right now. Uh, they just haven't been very fast, though, this year. They want to get some momentum back. William Byron in eighth had a gutsy pit call with two tires, led 30 laps, and then his car decided to fall off a cliff, and he ends up in eighth. Fell back as far as 15th place at one point. Uh, claws back to finish eighth. Michael McDowell, solid run in ninth. He got spun earlier in the race by Ross Chastain. Kevin Harvick in tenth. Chris Rebell, eleventh. Chris Busher, who didn't get to run this race last year because of a concussion, ends up in twelfth. Austin Sindrick in thirteenth. AJ Allmendinger, fourteenth. Todd Gilland, another solid day for him, fifteenth. By the way, props to AJ Allmendinger. Three straight top fifteens. Justin Haley, 16th. Brian Priest, 17th. Edward Jones, 18th. Amarola, 19th. Ty Gibbs, 20th. LaJoy, Chastain, Burton, Yaley, Ty Dillon. That's your top 25. Bowman had a solid day going till something broke on his car late. He ends up 26th. McLeod, 27th. Kozlowski, 28th. Feels like a win to those guys. Their engine was off. They were down cylinders. Looked like it was going to be a horrid post, or not post, below 30th day for that team. And, and 28th is is not the end of the world for them. Greg Galling, 29th. Bubba, brake rotor went out. He ends up 30th. Dylan and Stenhouse were involved in the same wreck. Uh, some controversy there with Austin Sendrick. Austin Dillon said that it was retaliatory and that Sendrick should be suspended. Um, it looks to me like Dylan kind of cleared himself. Uh, that was not my opinion last night on the YouTube post-race show, but that's what it looks like to me now. Uh, Gregson, 33rd. Uh, brake rotor. Briscoe had radio is uh, radiator issues, sorry, and ends up 34th. Reddick blew a brake rotor and finished 35th. Hosevar blew a brake rotor and finished 36th. Emily, any final thoughts here on the results post-Gateway? Any guys that you were really impressed with? Any guys that you were kind of disappointed with leaving Worldwide Technology Raceway? I mean, I feel like Larson and Denny, even though they're both locked in, um, they have some good chances to continue making some good moves and have some good finishes that put them even stronger in playoff contingency. I can't even say it. Um, yeah, stronger chance of being in the playoffs. And then, um, yeah, I think some guys that, you know, just didn't have a great race. Maybe it was just an off day, but, um, yeah, that kind of changes things. 
It does. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break, come back, and do our final little segment here. We're going to talk these standings, leaving Gateway and heading to the beautiful wine country of Sonoma, California. Moving on to the point standings, and they did get a little shaken up this week. Now, Ross Chastain was the points leader, um, and he is now 29 points back of the points leader in fifth. Ryan Blaney is your new points leader. He leads William Byron by 13 for the regular season, and then Harvick by 22, Truex by 23, Chastain by 29, and then it defects back to Bell minus 40. The top six were within 17 points going into Gateway. That was a really intriguing storyline, at least to me, and now they've all kind of separated again. Uh, but Blaney in the regular season lead. Ten winners this year through 15 races. Now two guys have won three races. So Blaney, Byron, Truex, Bell, Bush, Hamlin, Larson, Reddick, Logano, Stenhouse are ten winners. Three guys have won multiple races, those being Byron, Bush, and Larson. Larson has won two, and Byron and Bush have each won three. First man in on points is no longer Ross Chastain. That honor belongs to Kevin Harvick, plus 166. Ross Chastain is plus 159. Kozlowski falls under the century mark, plus 96. Busher, plus 86. Bubba loses seven points. He is now only plus 27. While Daniel Suarez takes currently the final playoff spot away from Alex Bowman, plus six last man in. First man out is Bowman, minus 6. Then you have Ty Gibbs, minus 15. Austin Sindrick, minus 33. Michael McDowell, minus 35. LaJoy, minus 39. Haley, minus 45. Gillen, minus 47. And I think 47 points or below, I think you can point your way in. Now, going to be tough. But now Almendinger, minus 53. Amarola, minus 62. Jones, minus 68. 24th or 53 points or more out, I think you're probably going to have to win at this point. Uh, so after uh, Jones, it goes Priest, who's also minus 68. Elliott, who will probably be minus like 100-ish. Uh, Burton, minus 104. Dylan, minus 113. Briscoe, minus 138. Gregson, minus 170. And Ty Dillon, minus 181. Emily, what are your thoughts on the playoffs and any thoughts about the playoff cut line? Uh, and also, so out of the four drivers right now that are, are closest to that line, I guess. So Bubba, Suarez, Bowman, Gibbs. Anybody out of those that you think could probably get their way in before the playoffs start, uh, that you have a lot of confidence in, and anybody that you're not really that confident in to get in? Well, you know, a few weeks ago I would have said Suarez, but now I'm not so sure. Um, Bubba, I, I like to think so. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, but some weeks, some weeks I just don't know. Yeah. Especially with some road courses coming up. Sonoma this weekend, I'm worried. Chicago, I'm worried. Watkins Glen, Indy Road Course, as a Bubba fan, they're going to have me, uh, just, they're, they're going to have me stressed out, especially Watkins Glen being the second to last race before the playoffs. Um, I prefer for him to get a win before then. Michigan, Atlanta. Wherever he wants to, you know, Nashville, wherever he wants to get a win, feel free, Bubba. Feel free feel free to do that. Um, I'm feeling confident in Bubba right now, but four road courses, again, they have me squeamish. I'm more confident in Bowman than either Gibbs or Suarez. Suarez just hasn't shown consistent speed. Gibbs is a rookie, and I feel like his magic is going to run out eventually. Um, 
I believe that's it for the standings. Manufacturer, sorry, uh, owner standings. Again, this really only matters for the 48 and the 9. But the 48 is 15th. The 9 still sits 16th manufacturer-wise. Chevy still leads it by 44 over Toyota and 55 over Ford. Ford 11 back at Toyota. Chevy with 9 wins. Toyota with 4. And found on road dead, a.k.a. Fixer Repair Daily, a.k.a. the Ford Motor Company, with 2 wins. I believe that about does it for the show. So if you are listening, well, you already found one of the ways to listen, but you can listen on the Spotter Stand YouTube channel, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also email us below the LM podcast at gmail.com to reach out about sponsorship or just make a comment about the show or our sister YouTube channel. The Spotters Channel, where we have coverage for all three NASCAR National Series each week, pre- and post-race shows, news videos, and analyzation of the races at la- you know at the track from last year. So, a lot of stuff going on over there. And this week on the channel and on the podcast, and for the next two weeks, you will hear me and Emily live together in person. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, getting to watch some races. Might even go to some dirt races and take you all along for the ride with us. Um, so like, subscribe, comment, share, rate us, follow us, uh, review us. Um, I think that's it. Press all the buttons, as Emily likes to say. Now, we should be able to do the show in person Wednesday, maybe Thursday, um, and we will have. So I'm, I'm probably going to schedule it to be posted around the week of the Chicago Street Race because I won't be able to do any videos or shows the week leading up to the Chicago Street Race. Um, but we'll actually have some real-life Chicagoans that we know very closely. They'll be able to come on the show, tell us their thoughts about what the race is going to do, I guess uh, their opinions on it as Chicago ends. Um, maybe economic impact and, and stuff like that. So that'll be a lot of fun to have them on the show. Um, that'll probably be either this weekend or the week of the Chicago street race. Uh, we should be in person for Wednesday. Um, this weekend might be a little spotty cause we're going on a trip, but I'll do my best to keep the coverage, um, rocking and rolling. So I think that is all we have. Emily, thank you for coming on the show. Any final thoughts on tonight's show? Nope, just ready for another race next week. Gonna be a lot of fun. Going out to the beautiful wine country, Napa Valley, Sonoma, California. Gonna be a lot of fun to see these guys. And uh, for the first time in forever, this race is actually gonna be on Big Fox. I feel like Sonoma never gets put on Big Fox. It's always on FS1. This will, uh, mercifully though, end Fox's portion of the season. We have the off weekend for Father's Day where there's only the truck race. And then we get back with Xfinity and Cup action with NBC at Nashville. That's it for the show, everybody. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday. Check out the Spotter Stand YouTube channel. Videos daily over there pertaining to the top three series of NASCAR. Thank you for coming on, Emily. I am Samuel Sudge from the Spotter Stand and the Below the Line podcast. We will see you on Wednesday. Goodbye.